Matt Ray, as we speak, I'm pretty sure Michael Cote is actively <laughs> putting uh, barbecue in a big duffel bag as uh, <laughs> his last uh, item of packing before he yep. moves to Ab- Amsterdam in seven days. Uh, you know, they had a nice little get-together over here at the house, had lots of friends and family. I think he's, he's, his family looked prepared to relocate to, to Amsterdam. Um, so I think the only question left is uh, how much barbecue can you get in a, uh, a $15 duffel bag? <laughs> you, you know, you might want to, you might want to price up for a nicer duffel bag to kind of hold in the juices. <laughs> That's right. Potentially. Uh, yeah, this, this may be a job for the black hole. You need some yeah. kind of a uh, waterproof, uh, 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 item. They've got the, the specialty barbecue hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Cote looks ready. His family looks ready. Uh, and if all goes well, he will rejoin us from, uh, from Europe, making this officially a three continent podcast, which uh, wow. no, no one ever asked for. None of us really wanted, <laughs> but, uh, don't worry, fear not, we will press on, but you this know, week, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're probably the only three continent podcast out there. I'm just going to claim that for us right now. I think it's fair. I think I'm going to update our uh, media buyer's guide deck right now. Three continents. I mean, why not? <laughs> it's always higher is better. Three is better than one. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we, we, we have influencers on, on all the major continents. That's right. That's right. The sun, <laughs> Sorry, Asia. <laughs> that's right. The sun never sets on software-defined talk host, uh, even though it probably should. It probably should set yeah. a lot more often. Um but, you know, one of the things I was hoping you could help me with is that i uh, got a real uh, Im- uh, important question here on, on a parenting topic. So my son, seven years old, I, you know, obviously I am a uh, nothing but a uh, biased father here. But uh, so very intelligent, you know, asks lots of great questions, likes school, does well, really just a great child all the way around. No complaints. But we've made the switch, right, to like just tying your shoes. Like, so we've got sort of just postponed this for a long period of time. <laughs> and, uh, so we finally, but we did, we, we threw out the, uh, you know, the Velcro ones uh, and, and I'm starting to wonder like why we did it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. like what's like, why do we have to like learn how to tie our shoes? And so, so, I mean, you know, it's just something that's like not high on his list. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I try not to be, and I don't really want to be like, just like, you know, yell at the kid. Like, why don't you try harder or whatever? It's just, it's just not a nat. I don't think tying your shoes is like a natural thing. Something you just, you uh, just look growing to. So right now I'd say we're just on this plan of just like, I have no idea when it's really going to happen. Like he's just got them. Like I show him. he's does practice sometimes, <laughs> uh, but he has his own workarounds. Like he'll just double knot him and then he just makes them like essentially uh, just slip ons, right? Himself. Yep, and I'm like, yep. well, again, can't really criticize him. Like it's, you know, it's just like it's his solution. So, so what, what do I do here? And oh, and we've done the YouTube videos as well because he likes YouTube. So I gave him a video, but he doesn't really want to watch that. Oh, no. it's, and really, frankly, the YouTube video is boring. So I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, we've tried to in- introduce some incentives, but. You know, that's also just like, I don't know, just learn. So, so what do I do here? Do I just, do I need to like take more action or will this just solve itself over time? I'm going to go with it just solves itself. Um, of course, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just uh, the, the lazy parenting. I mean, the, the first, you know, I've got three kids. So, you know, the first child, obviously we pushed harder on everything. You know, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to learn this. And the second one, you know, she's got a competitive streak. She, you know, watches her older brother. She picks it up. And the third one, we're kind of like, yeah, when are you going to learn to tie your shoes? 
and 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 my youngest is older than yours and he's wearing velcro shoes so i'm not throwing any rocks here <laughs> well i think there's like some real pressure like you know because uh i feel like kinder at least here in the u.s i'm um i'm not sure what the first first official school year of uh, australia is but you know like kindergarten here it's like well everyone's got to be tying their shoes and it's like well, we like mm. we, we missed that milestone. We didn't really take yeah. that. We didn't even take that one really that seriously. It's like ah, I don't know. We'll get to it. And uh, so there's kind of this. But then I started asking around. And it's like oh, actually, like a lot of these kids in these grades don't. They don't. They either uh, don't. They can't do it, or they don't do it well. And I was like oh, yeah. Just this age group is not. It's like so why why do we? Uh, why is this an important milestone? Because it seems early. It doesn't seem like anyone's that great at. It. Now there are kids, of course. There are children that are just. You know, like everything, they pick it up and they get it. But then there's a vast, uh, I'm just going to call it the vast pool of average. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. There's a bunch of kids like not getting it. Um, yeah. And then uh, I, are we doing enough? Are the children going to be scarred by this? <laughs> are our children learning enough? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, my kids are in the, uh, the vast unwashed masses of average shoe tires. <laughs> um, I, I got nothing there. I mean, I know, I know my oldest, uh, he, all my kids know how to tie their shoes. I do know that. I've seen them do it, but they all choose not to, right? They all choose not to. And it's kind of like, I'm going to out myself as a really bad parent here, like bike riding. My kids all know how to bike ride, but none of them are good at it. And because they're not good at it, they won't do it. <laughs> right. Well, that's like a whole, because I think I'm going to fall back on like uh, just rationalization here of my of my not being a good parent around uh, shoe tying is that uh, like bike riding, like I tried to help my son, you know, a lot. And then uh, they had this like bike, this is when he was very young. They had this bike parade at school. So they, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. took it to school and then he just came home and he knew it because he just was yeah. like watching all his friends. So, you know, I don't know whether you want to call it modeling or peer pressure or whatever, like by far and away, the best parenting tactic I have discovered is that is to like have a older kid that your your younger child looks up to in any way like have them do it uh, model it and then they just like immediately get it like it's just like some kind of innate thing in human beings like well yeah i have to do it i have to learn how to do it and and then all the prodding and everything else that you're trying to do to like make that happen it's like nothing is as effective as that yeah yeah i mean we need to you got to harness that peer pressure for good uh not not... (laughs) right right of course yes yeah uh but, uh, yeah. but speaking of that, I was going to say, you, you know, I know you recently moved, found some new digs, but it sounds like you, you've instituted some pretty uh, strict IT policies at the <laughs> Matt Ray uh, household. Like, like what, what is going on with the, the Internet access at your house? It looks like it's under, like, uh, locked and guarded all the time now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's kind of a, an ongoing bit of contention about, like, you know, laptop. Uh, you know, my, my oldest has a school-issued laptop. Um, so every time he's on it, he's like, schoolwork, schoolwork. I'm doing schoolwork. And, you know, and you look over and it's like, you know, YouTube videos and, you know, Hearthstone and who knows what. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of worry about, like, what are the kids seeing on the Internet? Right. And then, you know, the, the younger ones, they don't have laptops. Uh, they, they, you know, they share a, a you know, an old Mac laptop with parental parental controls that lock down the time. And then, um, you know, spoiler for the, uh, the, uh, her picks later on, I got myself a new router 
um, and it's got all sorts of parental controls on it. And so I've been like <laughs> mad, mad scientisting this thing where, you know, my oldest is like, oh, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to have Internet access to this, this and this. I'm like, well, you know, and then I like, you know, wheeled the screen around and like, as you can see, I'm tracking your domain usage and oh. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, right. Big brother. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Hey, hey. My household, my rules, right? You know, oh. I, I, I'm sorry, listeners and listeners, the internet is a filthy place. <laughs> this and this my, just in. <laughs> and, and it's hard. I mean, because, you know, you, you, I, I know, I know the sort of stuff I got into. And right. this was, you know, who knows when, BBS days, right? Yeah. And, and today it's much, much worse. And so, you know, we've got, I've got, you know, safe, safe surfing and parental controls and time controls and, you know, whitelisting, blacklisting, all this stuff going on. And I still like you look over, and you're like, what the hell are you watching? Right. Um, <laughs> especially when you start getting into all these like video game uh, videos. Yes. Like, yes. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not like, you know, the crazy old man yelling at the cloud. It's like some of these, you know. Like things that even I thought were okay, I started watching them like, you know, there there's a lot of things in here that, you know, don't use those words in our household. Don't use those words in, you know, mixed company. It's it's hard. Yeah, no, um, totally. Well, I think it's interesting. So you've gone for, I was about to ask, like, are, are you like an opt-in? So you've like, you know, he's got like the five or 10 sites that are school related and you've locked him just to those or is it? Is it, it sounds like it's the other way. You're actually looking at like he has like some freedom of access, but you're looking at like oh well, did well you YouTube. Like what what's your approach there? Yeah, so so the old the old uh, uh, networking regime was I had some airport uh, an airport extreme and airport expresses, and they were doing the you know quasi mesh thing, and all I had was time controls, mm-hmm. and I was trying to use uh, DNS simple with some parental controls, and who knows what was getting through. I mean you know. And, 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 you know, I still had the, the max for, and the max were locked down and the iPads, I can lock them down to time, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to iOS 12 cause yeah, I know the parental that the, controls. <laughs> yeah. it's coming, yeah. um, you know, so, but the new one, the new one has all sorts of insidious stuff. Like, um, I can see, I can see domains, um, through DNS. And so then it's like, you know. Uh, you told me you were working on school. You don't need to be on Battle.net. I'll just blacklist that until you know till the weekend. Um, you know, so I'm slowly taking that stuff out, and then I look over and it's like, why are you pulling down you know eight eight megabytes a second for you know two or three hours straight? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so now I've got him on 50k. <laughs> oh, that that is wow. Wow, that that is some kind of potential child abuse. Like that's that is, that is maybe the ultimate way, right? It's just to like make the internet so slow that you're just like I can't can't do it. Like you're just like you just oh man, man. So you're just like I mean he's basically like in a Linux uh, terminal just uh, using the old school uh, what was the thing links links was it the browser just trying to get just raw text. He, he, yeah. he can't even load an image. He's like oh my god, just thumbnails killing me. Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm like, you tell me what you need, you know, if, if you need more access, tell me why and show me why. Uh, um, and then, so then I'll be like, you know, bump him up to 500 K for an hour or two as he, you know, furiously tries to download a bunch of YouTube videos to watch later. But that's what's, that's what it is. You know, I, I sat next to him on the, the plane back from, uh, from Austin and he had probably four or five days of downloaded YouTube videos. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what, what is this? Yeah. You know? Well, unfortunately, uh, we are we are just too old. Like, I don't think we'll ever understand the YouTube phenomenon. Like, I don't just when I watch my son watching it, it's like, it's just, you just know you're just at a point in your life. You just I understand why it's entertaining to him, but I don't. Well, I guess I understand that he wants to watch it. I don't understand why it's entertaining versus like yeah. Netflix or you know just something that's kind of made. Just the weird. It's you know. So I think it is like a. As they say, like, you know, like all the music you really love in your life is like it comes out about when you're 17 <laughs> or 18 years old. So I guess maybe the same with like the media you like to consume is is maybe like the media you watched in your youth. And like, the, I don't know. These kids just yeah. love it. I mean, they all yeah. all love YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Speaking, speaking right. of old school stuff. Yeah. That's what um, I was actually going to say, speaking of YouTube, right? Our friends <laughs> at uh, Google had quite the big conference. Google Next. It was all yep, this week. Yep. I appreciate it. I think we all in the tech industry do because uh, July, normally pretty slow. So Google yeah. stepped up, uh, made a ton of announcements. And I think we'll go through some of them. Uh, but I thought the one we would start with was, you know, uh, GKE <laughs> on on premise. So I guess let's just get the I, K. I, I, I we, knew you would be excited about GKE on prem. I know. I think we have to um, because this is my, you know, my because uh, I would say at this point. So it was, uh, you know, Azure last year, right? What is it called? Yep. Azure Private Cloud. Azure Stack. Azure Stack. Azure Stack. Yeah. So that you know they came out, and then I was gonna say, uh, you know, my uh, annual prediction for like the last three years is <laughs> AWS yeah. uh, announcing uh, their private cloud on premise. Uh, version so uh you know I'm yep. just, i'll just renew that now and you know and, and say it'll happen in november um but i do think it's it's interesting to see like microsoft i think is a very natural like no surprise there google right. though um as i like That's to weird. as we've talked about before like i kind of bucket you know the vendors into like two big groups really kind of three right i think of like amazon and google born in the cloud you know really believe in it have run their whole businesses in the cloud microsoft in this kind of weird kind of spot they have strong enterprise ties but they've also been doing a lot of consumer stuff and and so they're kind of in the middle and then you have like ibm and oracle uh and others right more traditional vendors which which are like you know all they've ever done is essentially what we call a private cloud right i mean that's mm -hmm. essentially so that's like their enterprise their enterprise yeah. right they're just they're built in there so so to see Microsoft make the move makes sense. Obviously, Oracle and IBM have offerings there. But to see Google then step in and kind of like, you know, go the other way, like have to like, hey, they've built out all this cloud stuff and they're great at it. But now to actually build out all the private cloud functionality as well as the you know enterprise channel to sell it, um, I, I don't know. Like, why do you think they do it? Why do you think they, they chose to make this move now? Uh, there's money. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, if you look at their DNA, right, it, it's, it's, uh, Diane Green coming from VMware. Um, she knows where the money is. I mean, that, you know, it's, it's sitting in the data centers. It's, it's those customers who, you know, you're going to have to scoop them out. And, you know, there's a whole generation of, of, you know, Kubernetes on-prem startups. You've got, you know, Cisco and, and, uh, IBM and others trying to go into that space and say, you know, hey, we can do this too. You know, we, we can, you know, we can run your stuff inside your data center and it'll be just like being in the cloud. And it may, it, Kubernetes is the easiest place to enter um, the private cloud space, right? You know, because you say, well, look, we're not going to give you anything except 
<clears throat> you know, what you get with Kubernetes, which if Kote was here, I'm sure he would be like, it's not much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they see they see what's happening with, you know, Red Hat and Pivotal Cloud Foundry and the people who are serious about, you know, bringing Kubernetes into the enterprise. And they know that, like, you know, if you can get them, bridging them into your cloud is is much easier even even though kubernetes is is you know easy to tr migrate off of and everything we we know that once you build that relationship with the vendor the vendor really has to screw it up for you to to switch off of them um and, and so it's you know microsoft you know has, has been a little snarky uh well not publicly but i mean like on twitter you see people are like we told you azure stack was important right and we we told you that you know this is uh uh, important to, to service this, the on-prem stuff, and uh, Microsoft just had you know uh, 110 billion dollar year. That you know some of that was Azure. Um, I don't know if they broke out the Azure stack specifically, but you know that is that's a very solid strategy of of building that on-ramp without having to build up a huge you know um, without going head to head with Amazon. You know because because what I've seen is is Google hasn't done that particularly well um <clears throat> where where they have you know they've got they've got you know sales staff but they're dwarfed by amazon and 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 both of them are still catching up with microsoft on the selling side of things mm -hmm. and so you know going head to head with amazon for pure cloud is already hard enough so you know you need to take any any sort of shortcuts you can yeah i think i think it makes sense and i think your original point there uh Diane Green, obviously of VMware fame, you know, this just, you know, has all that kind of playbook all over it, right? It looks a lot like VMware. Like it even reminds me of like the GSX, ESX, like the old, I don't know, whatever, all those things were sort of like you release this, you know, it's like kind of this platform you can get embedded in the enterprise. And I think they, they're trying to use that, not only are the containers the easiest place to start, I think it's probably the most natural strength for Google, right? They sort of have a lot of experience with containers, you know, if you will, they quote unquote invented Kubernetes. Um, it's, it's, so it makes a lot of sense for them to, to actually use this, if you will, as like the linchpin or landing ground for their basic offerings. And I thought the other thing that, you know, is sort of maybe really interesting to only like a, a subset of the IT world, but like listening to Diane Green, <laughs> yeah, like to go even more niche than we already are, um, listening to Diane Green's comments about, you know, the products and, and what, what was added. Like, you know, she talked a lot about like the boring things that are important for mm -hmm. enterprises though. Like, uh, we know we, so she was saying like last year we didn't have audit logs and we didn't have like security and we didn't have robust uh, access management. You know, she kind of like lit, you know, just like all the stuff that if you've been worked in enterprise software for any length of time, right. You know, it's like the stuff that just comes up, the stuff that doesn't win deals, but it kills deals, right? Like if, yeah. you, can't, if you just yeah. can't do it, then, you know, even if they love your stuff, they're just like, I can't put it in, you know, it just does, it breaks my compliance or whatever. So, so much of um, what I think, you know, really, I, I know, again, like we'll talk about some of the other more exciting stuff in a second or more stuff they spent more time on, but like so much of this year really was to me for Google Cloud is about like building the infrastructure to go after the enterprise. And now yeah. they're going to have this Kubernetes product to really go out there. And then, you know, then the other point you made is that, 
it is the most obvious way to compete with Amazon, right? Because Amazon isn't going to roll in and say, oh, yeah, we'll just come in and we'll install all of the container service for you, right? That's the thing they're not going to say. They're going to say, you don't need to do that. You know, you should be in the cloud. We can, you know, put everything in a VPC, whatever, right? They're going to come back with all those answers. So um, it's an easy way to differentiate yourself. And I think I'm sure Google's thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they are tremendously light on details. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, if you read through the GKE page, it's like alpha early access fall 2018. And, you know, they don't give any timelines. Um, cause, cause I, I guess one of the announcements from, from next was, uh, their, <clears throat> um, their serverless product, you know, their, uh, functions as a service, whatever you want to call it, um, just left beta or, you know, so, and it's, two and a half years, something yes. like that. You know, so it's kind of like, so does that mean in, in 2020 people are going to be able to like, you know, click on some sort of, you know, installer that'll blow out a, um, you know, put, put uh, GKE on prem. Cause that, you know, that, that's kind of the, you know, that gives a uh, pivotal Heptio, you know, red hat, you know, two years of, of a runway at least. You know. Yeah, no, that I have to say I, I was, uh, I don't know. I was surprised about like the announcement that it was it was GA because I was like, as I just assumed like has this already been GA for a long time, but clearly not. And I do, you know, this is a place where Google, you know, they kind of like if you will, the cloud native heritage probably hurts them, right? It's like, well, yeah. I mean, for a long time, you just announce it, and people just use it on the cloud, and it kind of doesn't matter, right? It doesn't really yeah. matter what the status is. Uh, but yeah, if it's really going to be two years before I can buy this from you, then. Yeah, I mean that's going to be a huge problem, right? You know, there's mm -hmm, going to be a, mm -hmm. and it, like there'll be a thousand people will have made of announcements and we'll forget about this next week, right? And we'll just like have no idea what's happening. Well, it, it gives Amazon two reinvents to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah, and it and does. and and you know there there are some some rumors or I don't know how how solid they were about Amazon getting into. Uh, some network switches, right? Yeah. And if you start to piece together, well, you, you got your network switches, you got your snowballs, um, you know, you're starting to piece together, well, we've got some VPC bridging, we've got our functions as a service uh, coming out of uh, the snowballs, they, they can do the Lambda stuff. Um, you know, they can give you some of your, uh, I, I think they can run a few small VMs, but, you know, it, it's it's really setting. I mean, I'm finally coming around to to your side and saying like, you know, if Amazon wanted to say, hey, here's a here's a box, you drop it in, you get some uh, some you know M3 micros in your in your data center, maybe maybe this is the year. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. well, I I know I'm all in at this point. I can't, you know, there's no way I can take the back side. Because because <laughs> clearly clearly, <laughs> looking at their numbers, they're hurting for more money. That's right. That's right. Well, speaking of money, uh, <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by our great friends at Datadog. And uh, as you may know, Datadog is a monitoring platform for cloud-scale infrastructure and applications. It's built by engineers for engineers. Datadog provides visibility into more than 200 technologies, including AWS, Chef, and Docker, with built-in metrics dashboards and automated alerts. With end-to-end -end request tracing, Datadog provides visibility into your applications and their underlying infrastructure all in one place. And you, right now, you can go sign up for a free trial. Go to www.datadog.com slash SDT. 
put in your name and email and information, do a couple things, and they will send you a fine-looking purple T-shirt that Matt Ray just got his because he was in the U.S. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I got I'm mine. Sure, and he's going to, <laughs> I'm sure he, he'll, he would look good in it if you saw him right now. And uh, this week, uh, Datadog is pleased to announce that Datadog APM has officially released support for monitoring Node.js applications. So, and that joins, uh, they already have existing support for Java, Ruby, Python, and Go. So probably Node was the, the last one. And you can read a great blog explaining how you can do all these great things. You can trace your application, you can see where problems are happening, what paths people are taking in your JavaScript application, all in your Datadog dashboard. Find your problems before you deploy to the cloud. Make sure your, your application's running great. So we thank Datadog for their sponsorship. And again, go to www.datadog.com slash SGT. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're probably hanging out at, at next, uh, you know, I guess it's over now, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure they were there and, and I'm sure they did. And I, you know, one of the things I, um, you know, I thought about when I thought about Datadog is that, you know, they went through today was like the, the developer day. They had all the developers up talking about it. And so one of the things they made the point of is that JavaScript, they talked about that being the number one language for serverless. And so I think there are a lot of interesting announcements here, but the, the new phrase I have never heard before oh. was, I feel like there were a lot of good Twitter hot takes on, uh, the, uh, the serverless container, Matt, uh, like, can you explain to us what a serverless container is? Like, just <laughs> just dissect that grammatically for me. Oh, man, I've been dreading this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, the, so, the people need you on this subject. The people need me. Um, okay, here is my, my fully uneducated understanding of uh, – and, and, and sorry, folks. I'm going to pronounce this K-native. I'm going to pronounce it K-native. <laughs> I'm going to pronounce the T silently, K-naive. I'm going to pronounce it every which way I can. But my understanding is it's a framework for taking containers uh, that have been loaded with a particularly small application. You know, not We're not talking like your SAP HANA or something. Um, some small application that would behave in a, a serverless sort of function where it's, it's, uh, it has you know, a couple of inputs runs uh, some computation quickly and produces outputs. You know, that's generally how, how the functions of the service stuff works. Um, and so it's a framework for packaging your tiny applications into a Docker container, putting that onto Kubernetes, and then allowing it to respond to API requests um, quickly. You know, so it's, it's just a really uh, specialized mode for Kubernetes. Okay, and so what I is tried, that okay? I think it's good. So what I I tried to watch because they did give a demo of it. But oh, it was, okay. It was fast. Like you had to like really, I mean, kind of. I almost need to go back and watch the replay because there was so much of this. Is that when after you write the function, right? Mm -hmm. That essentially you edit the manifest file for your Docker container and you give it like a mm -hmm. little special. Just what you're saying, you give it a little special instructions, and then that couple and then you know then you when you package it that is ultimately what it is so it's really like i you know one i think we just need to stop on like serverless container which um i think it's I, i'll give the best tweet i saw was i think andrew clay schaefer of uh you know coach boss over pivot he said something like uh um uh, serverless uh 
has been rendered meaningless in like the fact something like serverless has been rendered a meaningless word uh, faster than anything. He's like, congratulations, marketing departments. And I, I, I do think that was <laughs> uh, that was pretty much right on because I, I don't know just the nature of it. Like what is it, it like to me? It is an oxymoron. If someone was like, hey, should we call it serverless containers? I'd be like, no, that's that doesn't <laughs> that just like makes no sense. You said it wasn't going to have a container or server, and then you said it did. So like yeah. in itself, it makes no sense. But putting that aside. Um, so really it just comes down to like, if you, you know, edit the Docker manifest file the right way and you write your function to conform to, in this case, the Google functions, and you kind of do the pag packaging together, yep. boom, that gives, and then you throw it up there. That is what allows you to, to do it. But all of this to me though, begs the question, like, like, I think, are we not supposed to say PAS anymore? Is that like an, uh, is that like officially <laughs> a, a dead word? Because a lot of this just seems to be like. And I have no problem with it. I don't like, I actually do not, because this is back to like, I think another ongoing permission uh, or subject I talk about is like, you know, DCOS, data center operating system. So this idea that there's just like levels of abstraction and there's like well understood ways to like package things together, very well understood in computer science, right? Been going on since like the first programming. It's like, hey, let's package it in the same way. And that way we can run it in different places, right? So all of this just seems to be like another way, like we're just seeing it again, like, K native and these things are like, okay, they're really just packaging frameworks to me, right? That allow you to deploy things more efficiently in a standardized ways, which is fine. I don't see any problem with it, but I don't know why, like, like that would just come back to like, aren't we just, aren't we just saying we want to pass? Isn't that all we're saying again? Isn't that what the industry is moving forward to? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, somewhere I saw a, a diagram that showed like, it was, you know, this is where you use IIS, this is where you use containers as a service, this is where Knative, you know, fits in, this is where um, Pass fits in, this is where, you know, Fast fits in, and this is SAS at the, the, the chunky middle. Um, <laughs> and it is a gradient, and, and I'm sure, you know, there are probably, you know, heads of IT who are looking at this going, I think I get it. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick two, you know, or I'm gonna pick three or four. But I don't want to have to say like we have you know six different tools in house to cover this. And because it's tied to Kubernetes, that's where it's like, well, you're getting your containers, right? You're getting your containers as a service. You're starting, you know, you're gonna get your your serverless containers. Um, I'm sure if you put your OpenWhisk or you know, Fast or whatever uh, products in there, you'll get your functions as a service without you know, the, the generic version uh, that, that uh, Knative's giving you. And then um, you, know, you start to get some SaaS aspects in there. And so you know, they're, they're, it's, it's just filling out that story. And, and definitely uh, Kubernetes is going after the IIS part, you know, uh, the the pet sets or whatever they want to call them. Um, so it's all there. They're still, they're trying to build that data center operating system. And again, whoever you know, can capture that, they, they, they knock out other tools that might've said, well, we're going to do just this one thing really well. Yeah. No, I think it may, I think it all makes sense. I think, you know, this is sort of like, you know, typically where Cote or other people kind of talk about like, well, you know, Kubernetes really, it's just a scheduling platforms for containers. And, you know, this is, and this is what I always think about, there's like what it is today and then what people want it to be, right? And I think this is like, because the stuff that 
they touched on a little bit was like Heptio and Istio and all that. But like really that is like in my mind, in the, the mind share of all of this, I think it's all being like broadly just lumped in with Kubernetes, right? So this is why right. I think Kubernetes is this de facto, like, like we're all working on this project to build a platform as a service called, and it's called Kubernetes. And like, we're all slowly <laughs> adding things to it. And some things will be rejected. They'll be like, that's not the way the platform wants to do it. And some things yeah. will be accepted. And so that's just like, the industry is jointly doing that. So any, but I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I just think we should just come out and say that rather than being like, no, no, it's like, we don't like paths or we're going to keep things like uh, different or we're going to, we, we're going to wall this thing off from any change. It's like, no, that's not happening at all. In fact, if anything, it, like Kubernetes is going to get only bigger and heavier over time. And as long as it's, you know, and it's like everything, hopefully it doesn't, you know, happen <laughs> so fast. It doesn't open stack. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it doesn't open stack. Right. Cause I mean, I was thinking going back in time, I mean, this is like a, maybe last, I don't know, maybe one generation or two generations ago is that like Java kind of went through this, right? Like you just remember like the war file, like there was a point where it was like, ah, you know, it's like, we just all need to agree on how to package these things up. And if we do that, then you can put them in these app servers. Like there was WebLogic yeah. and there was WebSphere and it was like, and it was fine. Like no one was mad about it, right? It was like, okay, this makes sense. And you know, that packaging work, I mean, it's still being used today, but now like, things have gone on and, and it did. Like, I, I do think so much of uh, like this generation that we're seeing right now is probably a response to that. Like Java's cause like, Oh, there's too much XML and it's just too bloated and I want things thinner and faster. But then, you know, you know, the next generation comes along and they start doing the same thing. You're like, yeah, this yeah. is just crazy. Like, um, and I, I do, you know, and I, it, because like really, but that's what I, I guess I came to was just like, uh, you know, the serverless uh, container is just basically a container with a specific signature on it that people can use so it knows what it does. That's it. It's really simple, right? It's not, it's, it's simple. It's not, uh, yeah, well, there's like a billion commands and you can watch uh, <laughs> Kelsey Hightower like did his thing today. And like, he always like, he did his, um, I don't know if it's a standard demo, but he did the one where he like, he builds like an app and then he like enables it with voice, which is cool. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen it. Yeah, I, think yeah. you, I know you've seen it a couple of times. Uh, I did it at ChefCon. Oh, he yeah. did that one there. It's good. Uh, but it's like, oh, I like, you know, it's like, it's like watching like a, a band. You're like, oh, I've already seen this. So I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. But uh, well, uh, like this version of it. Yeah. yeah. It, but then, it but, was better in Chicago in 2017. <laughs> it was. But then he did. Like he was just going, he only had like a short amount of time. So he was going so fast through like, he's like, yeah, see how easy it is. And then he's like running like, like, I don't know. 10 you know, cube CTL commands on the command line. I'm like, I, I think I, lost. <laughs> I, I got lost Carol. on like after he deployed the pods, I was like, uh, I don't know what he's doing now. I, I, I got lost when I downloaded <laughs> Kubernetes the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, I don't, I don't know, Kelsey, like you look good, but at the end, but at the end he, he does it and like it talks to him and you're like, Oh, that is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Just like ignore the middle. It's like the middle. It's like, oh, there's like, you know, like flash forward of like, you know, 50 uh, cube CTL commands in a row that you don't really understand. You're like, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll learn that later. No, I won't. I know I won't, I won't do that. Um, well, the other thing that I thought was interesting and embedded in all these various Google announcements was uh, they, in, uh, I think this thing with uh, Go, right? So obviously Go is the big programming uh, language of choice at Google. And they're announcing this thing that essentially is their attempt to like uh, abstract all the APIs for uh, really, they say, you know, potentially for all the cloud vendors, but really it's just AWS and Google. So like, if you want to, if you will, uh, um, access the storage, right. You can just basically use this go API and it makes it very portable. So they call it the, the portable cloud programming with go cloud. So you can go read all about it, but that's essentially their attempt to kind of uh, disintermediate AWS is like, Hey, just use these APIs. Uh -huh. 
and um, yeah, this work. has been done again and again and again. I mean, this you know, this is not new. Um, well, this, I was trying know, to think, what was the first? Is it Eucalyptus? Like, who was the first? Well, yeah, um, you, you, but they took the AWS APIs. Is that what they? Yeah, did? yeah. Okay. So, so, but, but this is this is um, a decoupling of the APIs to a language. Uh, where, you know, hey, just use the language bindings and then you don't have to worry about under the covers what the exact AWS or Google call is, right? And and we've seen this historically. Uh, there was, uh, I mean, I, I, I contributed code to Fog, which is kind of the, the Ruby version of this, um, where it didn't, it didn't try to like pave over everything. You know, this is trying to just give you a, a lowest common denominator of cloud APIs. And that's the problem. It's the lowest common denominator. And so um, there, there was another project called Delta Cloud. Um, I don't know if that's still around, but it tried to take, you know, uh, OpenStack and AWS and, you know, Azure at the time and a little bit of VMware and, you know, some Eucalyptus and some Cloud.com and, and try to put them all behind, you know, one API. Uh, I think it had like a, a, a service in between that would translate calls and, um, you know, try to give you some some metering of, of API calls, but it was just like, you know, what happens when you try to use, you know, the, this sort of shim is you're going to get to something that, oh, I need to call this specific AWS function and it's not there, right? <laughs> and then you just throw your hands up in the air and you're like, you know, fuck it, AWS has, you know, a Go SDK, I'm going to switch to that. Right. And when when that day comes and I'm thinking I'm going to, you know, use Google instead, I'm going to want the the the, sh the true power of, of the Google API. I'm not going to want, you know, well, I do a cloud. You know, I'm going to the only thing I'm ever allowed to do is create a, a, a VM you know, or, you know, a VPC. But I can't do certain settings on that VPC or or if they're exposed through the the, the go cloud. It's going to be like, oh, now you just pass this extra huge JSON blob as you know alternate options, and it's like that. That's got a lot of stuff tied into the implementation. So, I am uh, having worked on this sort of code base before. Uh, I'm 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 not I'm not eager to to reimplement it again. I, you might as well just take the time, use the SDKs. They're all good. You know they. They're supported by the because this is just disintermediating you from your cloud, and sounds good, but in in reality, you know, uh, you might as well use the the tools provided by the cloud vendor. So like sorry, Go community, I'm just gonna dump on. I like your on. Uh, I, I I like your uh, skepticism. I think it is true because this is this falls into one of these things that like this is a great idea and like 100% we need this and <laughs> this will definitely not work you know what i mean it's like you hate yeah. you hate like there's just these times and i don't know moments where you're like this is perfect and it will never happen right because as long as aws and gcp right are competing like this there just will always there's always going to be an incentive to offer like another method another yeah. function and um like so so now where it could work is you know I, you know take everybody else take you know take maybe Google Microsoft IBM Oracle whoever throw them together and it's like and I think that's been tried to your point right it's like yeah well let's just all go this way but it's like if you don't have AWS on board you know it's a huge uh, exactly it's a huge it's miss. Like, so you, you know who never yeah. releases these projects <laughs> the person at first that's right. <laughs> the person at first so I, I did um so the only thing I could think of that was because I thought it was interesting because obviously go, go is you know is is really 
the hotness. It's the hotness, and it's obviously open source and all, but it's really Google's thing, right? Like Go is Google's yeah. language. That's what they want uh, yeah. everybody to Escape. to uh, to use. So, I mean, there is potentially um, – if you were to say, like, why could this work would be, like, if Go became so popular amongst all the people building all <laughs> the back ends, then, like, maybe – that's enough to like drag Amazon in, but like, that's another like big if, right? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, do people, um, do people really want to do it? So, okay. So that was go. And, um, I don't know. I, I have to say, I will, you know, I, on the programming language front though, it is still, I think Microsoft or I'm sorry, I think Google, why they love go and they keep pushing it. I'm like, from what I can tell, just, if you just want to build like, you know, some reasonable application with like reach is that you, you're going to want to have your Android app, if you're writing it native in Java, going to want to have your iOS app probably written in Swift, maybe, you know, uh, and then your back end, right, is, you know, it could be JavaScript, could be Go, could be something else. But, like, at the minimum, you're usually touching three languages. So that still, like, sits out there as a question to me. Like, um, even Google, right, who's putting all the horses behind all these different languages, it's, like, still, when I, you know, I sit down, it's, like, if I, even if I just was going to tie myself to Google, I'm going to have to do Java for Android or Kotlin, right? And then uh, I'm going to have to use, I'll use Go in the back end. It's still, I still have a lot of stuff I got to know, right? Maybe not impossible to learn, but I got to learn the two different frameworks. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's always one of those things. It's like, it's good to have choices, but it's also, there's a lot to like learn there for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of portability, you know, and, and Kubernetes, you know, God bless them. They're, they're going to be the, the portable cloud uh, container layer for everything. But Eventually, you could just kind of settle in and and make yourself comfortable in the cloud you're in. Because <laughs> right. I mean, like like historically, I mean, think about all of the like WS man standards and all that crazy soap stuff. And and you know, it was being pushed by like your your BMCs and Cisco's and and you know, they're like, oh yeah, this will totally enable banks to switch between you know their their different J2E right. platforms. And you know what? Nobody ever switched. Yeah. It was like you know, they, brokers. Yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. It's all existed. I think it's just, you know, there is at the highest level, you know, your CFO, you you don't really have to implement everything, but you are in charge of all the money. There's just this belief because it's just like a choice thing. It's like, you know, it would be nice if we needed to, <laughs> to be able to switch, yes. right? And that's where all these projects come from. And it's like I could see a situation where we may need to switch, right? And this has to happen not just big companies. I was at a startup not too long ago working there, and it was like, man, our IT ops guy, the CEO would ask him like almost on a weekly basis based on like the last biz dev meeting he had. It's like, hey, what if we ran this on Amazon? Hey. What if we ran this on Azure? Hey, what if we did this cloud? And it's like, so there is this kind of feeling that often um, people just get stuck with, right? They're always searching for that. But I think you're right. I think the the smart move is just like, just embrace the cloud you're going to go with and be like, yep, we're married. You know, there, our success is their success. It's just, that's the only way to make it work. Of course, you know, we, we say that uh, at Google's conference there, they announced a bunch of retailers hopping on their cloud, you know, who were making the the switch um, I mean, obviously, uh, Target made the switch a long time ago off of AWS. Yeah, where they're they like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. We're, we're competing here. Yeah, it's like, um, I wonder what motivated them. You know, just yeah. just a good technical evaluation or anything else. So, uh, uh, well, listen, there's one more topic, and then we'll you know, get out of here with recommendations. But I, I don't know. I just felt like because you know, you're on, we, we, should we talk about this, the cloud build, you know, the Google cloud build stuff and their continuous integration delivery platform? I just looked at it like, it's just seemed like your typical orchestration, right? You're still going to be calling all your other typical tools that you use. Um, but is there anything specific we should know about this that you saw? 
Um, I mean, it, it, it looked like the sort of stuff that, uh, is being done, you know, lots of places. Um, you know, uh, Amazon's got, uh, their code deploy, uh, for doing CI CD, you know, you hook it up to your GitHub, it makes your build your packages, it spits out VMs, you know, uh, that's, that's kind of what uh, chef's habitat does. Um, uh, there's, you know, all sorts of Jenkins things out there that do it. There's, there's a lot, it's a crowded space. I, 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 at first I was like, Ooh, you know, this is interesting. And then as I read into it, I was like, eh, it's actually just a crowded place. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like code deploy, right? You find shops that use it, um, because they didn't already have something and they were on AWS. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of what I see this as. It's like the people who are going to use this are going to be Google customers and they haven't already built their own. And, you know, you're just narrowing that, that list of people who are going to be excited about it, but it's table stakes for public cloud. Yeah, I agree. I did. It just, I, this was sort of one of those things where like, oh, we just need one. So kind of like audit logs. Well, we just need this. Uh, I was <laughs> yeah. just surprised, uh, you know, that it, it, it seemed to get like a lot of like, if you will, first, uh, major headline billing and i was just like so at first i was like oh something different here and it's like no this is just, well, just the same old thing yeah i mean probably google marketing made a list of like oh here are the 10 things that we could possibly announce and they're like what can we brief you know analysts and 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 reporters on and they're like this is the sort of stuff that gets good press and i don't know if this is like you know the tail wagging the dog where like I'm sure when Google announced or when Amazon announced it and Microsoft announced it, there was a lot of excitement in the press about it. But when it comes to actual usage, I don't know if it's all there, right? Because yeah. I mean, I I run across it sometimes, but you know, Jenkins is still like the 800-pound gorilla of you know just build it yourself because you're going to end up needing to tune the heck out of it, um, or you know you use you know, something like a, a circle CI or, you know, something just rocks, so, you know, solid, simple, um, that you get off of GitHub. Right. So maybe that makes the, the Azure strategy a little better, uh, but, uh, table stakes. Table stakes. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, as we wrap on Google cloud, the other things, you know, the important things I, I think we need to measure this conference was like, uh, one, I thought they had better music. I think they had then AWS. I think they had, uh, I forget her name. It's like DJ Kalawi. Kalawi. Anyway. Kalawi. Yeah, she uh, she was up there doing her thing. I thought that was a significant improvement over like the weird like band singing kind of thing they had. Uh, I, I like I like that they're they're both going out of the 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 safety zone of just you know whatever they normally do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was great. Like they've doing something. I even said in in the Slack channel, which uh, any, anybody can join by going to uh, www.softwaredefinedtalk.com and click on Slack and you can join it. But I was saying in there, I was like, hey. Uh, I still think the chef, the guy, the chef DJ, you know, whatever his name yeah. is. I like him. I think he's still, uh, Derek Mazzone. He's, yeah. he's like my number one because he has like a good balance of like energy and I don't know. It's just good. I like him. He has my number one, but then I thought, uh, and then people were telling me like, because I don't really know anything about music. They were like, oh, this is great. <laughs> She's like super popular. I was like, well, you know, I have no idea. So good. Yeah. Good. I thought that was good. I think, uh, and then I'll just like on the stage presence, like, I mean, I would say, like, it, one thing you did kind of got the sense is, like, a lot of these guys, like, this felt like a big event for the people at Google. Like, you could, like, almost sense a lot of the nerves, which I get, hey, I get nervous <laughs> yeah, yeah. too, but I was like, like, it just, like, you could tell, like, this, it's like, not, they've had conferences like this before, but this felt like this is their, like, 
like we're now trying to be an AWS reinvent. Right, right. right. So like so kind of up the ante a little bit. And then I will say, like, I don't know what I think like the pods, they had these pods that would like turn around with like people like mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. out of them doing the demos. Like, I don't know. I was it was like a little odd. It was like a little right. like uh kind of just weird. I was like, I don't I think it could just have demo stations up there. Um kind of like, you know, Apple has that understated, you just like look to the side and then they start doing the demo. But they, this yeah. thing, like a lot of lights and like things turning and a lot of force, like, Hey Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to have turned over to my colleague. And it was just <laughs> like, it just felt a little, a little sterile, but um, all right. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm calling out the next big conference, uh, which looking at the calendar must be reinvent, right? Yeah. Time to go full kiss. Go, go Peter, Chris, get 20 feet up in the air, strap down to your, your uh, drum <laughs> drum cage, you got fireworks going on, and just spinning in the air and giving your keynote. I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see it. Go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> you know, and, and the best thing is it'll probably be some small conference. It'll be like, you know, SolarWinds. <laughs> and people will be like, what the heck happened at the SolarWinds conference? Maybe. It was on fire. Maybe that was Somebody. Good. Well, yeah. somebody I mean, needs to really, like, I, you know, the keynote is such an opportunity to do something different, right? Just the, like, just, like, the numbers, like, we're doing great, followed by kind of a like forced chat with, like, some big customer that's, like, kind yeah. of under, like, held hostage. They look like yep, they're, yep. like, and then, like, you know, the vendor. And I've been there. I've done this, right? The uh, like, yeah. The vendor was, like, do, aren't we great? And the, the, and the customer's, like, <laughs> customer's like, well, yeah, you're, great. you're good. You're really good. And... But, you know, it, but it wasn't always great. But and then you're like, the follow up question is like, but aren't we really great? And the guy's like, well, <laughs> you, yeah, OK, you're you're pretty you're pretty great. Can, can I leave now? Can I can I go back? You, 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 you flew me out here. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know. I mean, you know, I just think there's opportunity. No, see, this is the opportunity something. for a small vendor because like, uh, you know, I mentioned Kiss. You know, they're, they're famous for their 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 stage shows and everything. But. But, you know, I'm dating myself a bit like but before the the flaming lips were very big and not that they're huge or anything, they would play these like tiny hole in the wall, you know, literally like hole in the wall in Austin or, or, you know, emos or Liberty Lunch. And they would stack that place with smoke machines and lights. And, you know, it was just so insane to be in a tiny venue with that much firepower. So I'm calling them out, you know. Uh, Data Dog, you missed your chance, right? right. You missed your chance. Next Somebody year. small needs to just be like, "What the heck was that?" <laughs> All right. Well, until next year, you know, like Google. Yeah, so we'll just we'll wrap on like, hey, good job, good good job to all the Googlers. I'm sure they're all out having drinks tonight and enjoying that. So we, you know, we we pretty much just focused on that. Some other stuff happened. Um, what else happened this week? There was some talk about like Microsoft's making a lot of money. They made over 110 billion dollars this year. So so good for yeah, them. Um, yeah, SolarWinds bought Trusted Metrics. So good for them. A little tuck in acquisition. I'm sure that's going to go great. Uh, evidently, Apple's was talked about buying one password, but they didn't, I guess it was just a rumor. So that, yeah. that, that and, you know what? You didn't miss anything. You didn't, that, nothing happened there. So don't worry about that. <laughs> well, and, and, and Google, uh, announced their, their YubiKey replacement. Yeah, it's like, did. why don't you, why don't you just buy YubiKey? Yeah, YubiKey, yeah. bad day for YubiKey, but okay, uh, yeah. not too bad. They're really nice. And then, um, you know, we really didn't talk about it, but I don't know if there's a ton to talk about other than Amazon. I guess I don't know if they did it on on purpose, but it seems like a great troll if they did. They announced their earnings today, so they uh, I guess yeah. they crossed the six billion dollar mark, and that means they grew forty nine percent. And I think they're at like a twenty billion dollar 
uh, run rate. Of course, I'm just talking about AWS. That's like the AWS business. So, so this just in, Amazon uh, doing well. I'm sure Amazon right now, they're like, Brandon, we don't have to do anything in the private cloud. Did you not see the numbers? I know you don't. <laughs> so my, my retort to Amazon is, I know you don't. But I know you will. You know, I know what you. I know you will. I read. Uh, I um, know you will. That's right. I read the Everything Store. I know how it works. I'm, yep. I've seen it. So, so those are all good things. And then, uh, you know, Cote is not here this week. But if he were here, he would tell you to uh, go to the um, Spring One platform, and it's in yep. uh, Maryland, which I know very well. And, yeah, the uh, Northeast. It's, uh, on uh, September 24th and 27th, and you can get a uh, registration code there. Looks like it's a S. One P two hundred underscore Cote. No one's going to remember that, so it's in the show notes. Uh, so, and then of course the spring one tour. It's coming to a city near you. What about you, Matt? Are you going to be somewhere, uh, somewhere where people can see you live and in person? Uh, yeah, I, I got accepted to speak at uh, Cloud Expo Asia um, in Singapore. Um, I'll find some dates. We'll put that in the next one. It, right. It's it's a ways off. Uh, I'm going to be doing. Um, DevOps talks uh, in Sydney. Um, I think uh, we're going to have, I think maybe John Willis might be coming out. Oh, um, big guys. Yeah. Get the big guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, starting to get warm back up again uh, for, for time to start submitting talks and, and all that fun stuff. Getting ready. Getting ready for the fall circuit. Well, the other thing is we had a couple of listeners write in. Of course, John from Ipswich, Massachusetts got a sticker. He writes that he loves the show and um, the shipment. He wanted us, everyone to know, we'll be going to New England, uh, which, just to clear things up, as he says, uh, does not include the state of Maryland. So I appreciate John uh, <laughs> listening to the show, and I appreciate him bringing some uh, U.S. geography wisdom to, to mm. all of us, uh, including my Texas friends who, who never seem to understand it. And then we had Don from the Midwest. He also enjoys this show, and uh, he's, he's going to make an effort to participate more in the Slack channel. So... Like so, I mentioned before, you can go to the Slack channel by going to www.softwaredefinedtalk.com, click on Slack. And guys, not only that, this is where I just go into like hardcore youth salesmen. Not only that, you can get a t-shirt. And not only can you get a t-shirt, but I've talked to uh, the CFO. I got permission. We're now up to a 40% off discount. So if you use the uh, code SDTFSG, also in the show notes, you can go on there. You can order a t-shirt. Uh, I think they're like, that makes them about $15, but you still got to pay tax and some shipping. So I will just say having, I got permission from the CFO and I'll also say like, we're basically, uh, that's, I think about as cheap as we can get them. Cause I, I talked to them and you know, if we sell them any cheaper, we'd lose money. So, so I want people to uh, buy the t-shirts. We've got a few left, um, go out there and check it out. And of course, more importantly, the most important thing you should do uh, is you should go buy my uh, quick con call iPhone app, which will let you go and dial your conference call super fast for anything. You know, it doesn't matter what you use. And you can put all your conference calls in one place and it'll save your life. Uh, it really will. And it only costs 99 cents. So that's also in the show notes. So you can check it out. So with all that said and done, Matt, give us a great recommendation. Uh, so new laptop, new, uh, new uh, rental, new router, I got all sorts of things going on. Wow. Uh, so I'm in, I mentioned IT replacement here. I like it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, so my new router, uh, thanks to the wire cutter, uh, was their number two pick, not their number one pick, okay. uh, some Netgear, something or other. Uh -huh. uh, I went with the Synology, the RT2600AC. Uh, right. I already talked about all the great things. Um, it's faster than my old one. It's got all sorts of uh, bells and whistles. Um, it's good for the power user. Uh, 
you know, I, I was a little hesitant about Netgear. I've, I've been burned by them, and the comments, people were just savaging it. So whatever. <laughs> uh, Synology, they're known for their, their uh, NASs and, and, and that kind of stuff, but uh, it's a pretty solid router. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, if only my uh, my NBN connection could keep up. Um, well, that's that's Australia problem. And then for my new laptop, um, I f- it totally forgot how to use my USB keyboard. Uh, so I, I had to bust out an application called Carabiner uh, that does key remapping. And it's not just like, you know, oh, the, the meta key can be the option key. It's like I can do anything to your keyboard, you know, push this button <laughs> copy paste it's 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 key remapping on steroids wow, um, wow. did you so, so like do you have like special ones like you're like the emacs or like you got like no a- no it was just like my usb keyboard the left option shows up as like left gui button and doesn't work and so i i use wow. like uh i see just you know yeah. th- things that work on the normal mac laptop keyboard don't work on the usb keyboard so i had to to sync those up all right, good. But. Good, I like it. I like it. All right, well, I've got a couple this week. Uh, for those of you looking just to uh, something to binge on, I watched The Sinner. It's, uh, it was actually originally a USA show, but it's with uh, Jessica Biel. It's now on Netflix. It's kind of a dark subject of like, uh, you know, I'll just say like a, uh, a young woman, a bunch of stuff happens, and then they kind of spend the season figuring out exactly what went down. So it's a little dark, but I liked it. I found myself sort of obsessed with watching it, so check out The Sinner. On Netflix, and then the other one I would uh, recommend was uh, I went to this Home Depot tech event the other day, right? Just like learning about like what they're doing at Home Depot, kind of interesting. But like I they uh, they explained this little uh, text messaging service they have, so I thought it was a good little hack. So this is just something I guess they they built for their associates. So this is what you can do: if you want to, you can text the following to uh, the short code is two four five six four. All this will be in the show notes. So again, it's two four five six four, and if you text the word uh, the phrase uh, one two one space hammer. And so what that means is like one two one is the store code. So that's just an example store. And then hammer is whatever you're looking for. And it will text you back a link to a map of that store and uh, exactly what section it's in. So you can basically do this for any store. So if you go up to a Home Depot associate and you say like, hey, you know, like, uh, like where's the the paint? Uh, they would say, well, they would know where the paint is, but if you get something uh, like more obscure, <laughs> they're, they're like, like, dude, paint <laughs> section, they're like four whole rows. Like, if, if it's anything like me, they would be like, you're standing in it. But, uh, <laughs> but like, if it was something more obscure, like where's the, uh, the, the washer for the, uh, washing machine that just came off, they, they use this. So what they ended up doing is they just use the, this text messaging service. So obviously you need to know what the store number is, but it's a nice little hack. I thought it was kind of interesting. So at this event. You know, he just he just said this is an example of all the kinds of stuff they do. So if you can learn what your Home Depot store is, then you could just have like I'm going to call it the command line to Home Depot, right? You just text in mm. these uh, arbitrary things. So so I count on all of you uh, software defined talk listeners to not only use this but then break it. And if we break it enough, <laughs> then we'll uh, we'll we'll send some emails. I got the, the and, and Home Depot. The guy. Will- Will sponsor us out of out of gratitude. Yeah, they will. They'll, they'll like that we load tested uh, this little uh, hack too. But it's cool. But it was really really cool. And I can never honestly, I can't even find things in my house. I wish I had this in my house. Like you know, where are the Doritos? Uh, I can. So um, it's a great little utility. But with that, I want to thank everyone for listening. We're a little on a little summer schedule here, so I think you know we'll be back very soon. Maybe next week. Maybe the week after. But uh, if there's breaking news, of course, we can always come on. So <laughs> as always. Uh, We thank you for listening to Software Defined Talk, and we will see you next time. Bye.
buy it. When do you think you'll be able to learn how to tie your shoes? Any ideas? I don't know. Before the end of the summer. Okay. Are you? Do you think it's an important thing that you need to do? Yes. Okay. Are you going to work on it and practice? Yes. All right. I appreciate it. All right, Wyatt. Till next time. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.